Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Linz. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I always do this every single show. It's never going to stop. Poe the Passenger, thank you so much for the intro and outro music. You guys absolutely rock. So thank you. Today's guest is actor, producer, creator, Eddie Ruiz. Eddie was born in Boyle Heights, California. He moved to London for a year, which is where we met, at the Central School of Speech and Drama. So usually I do an intro to the um, to all the guests. However, Eddie and I were talking at the very, very beginning and I hadn't started recording yet because we were just catching up. But then I started recording midway through because what Eddie was saying was really fascinating. Um, because he is a fantastic, fascinating guy. So what we were talking about is Eddie had a teacher at Central, Amanda Brennan, and she has a book called The Energetic Performer. I ordered the book literally as soon as we got off the podcast together, and I am currently reading it, and it's fantastic. So I would highly, highly recommend that. I'm also going to do a separate little, like, 10-minute episode of just a bunch of books that we have spoken about during this time. So it's going to be a little book, a book list. Alright, so we're just going to jump straight into the interview, but you can follow Eddie on Instagram and Twitter at TheEddieRuiz, and all those links and all those details will be in the link description. Alright, without further ado, here's Eddie. Yeah, so so it's been, it's just been great, and so I, on a daily, even now as kids, watching my kids, like, mm-hmm. you know, I have a three-year-old and a 10-month baby, just watching their process because that's one thing that Amanda always like wanted us to go back to, right? Like the playfulness of it. Yeah. Like, we forget always, that. Um, we do definitely forget that. Absolutely. So, so when we came back to it, it was just like, there's the, you know, when they say you have these epiphanies, like it, it, mm-hmm. when you learn in drama school and then like Amanda always told us you'll get it in 10 years. Yeah. Like she constantly always told us that you're not going to get it tomorrow. You're not going to feel it tomorrow. But like, that's been me now with, with acting. Like when I pick up a role that is like just beautifully written, it, it's so effortless to go there and do it. Mm-hmm. And, and then whenever I find that inspiration, as silly as it sounds, like it really just goes back to watching kids. Do like, you know what? I've heard it so many times before because there's no like inhibitions. They're right. So like chill and just throw it. They don't think about anything. And we get right. so in our heads, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, no, that's not what it's about. So I totally right. agree with the kid thing. Yeah. But, my son as well. I'm like, shit. Yeah. Right. It's about like, how do you achieve that relaxation that they have? Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's so engaging. What isn't engaging is that you're doing that. Like they're clearly in whatever catches their attention for that moment. Like they're really trying to discover. Mm-hmm how it's used, what it's used for, and how other ways they can use it to either entertain themselves or whatnot, right? That's why when you find it fascinating, like my son is really into drumming. Uh-huh. And it's just fascinating all the things that were like, oh, so that became drumsticks now. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it makes noise, right? It's like it resembles drumsticks, but yeah, it's just so beautiful to watch how we're we we're so literal right as adults mm-hmm. that's not for that right yeah <laughs> like, or but that, that's also through societal standards isn't it like we will look silly doing that or my son will look silly doing that in public yeah it's about like 
why don't we let them do that? Like, why are we so scared of what other people are going to perceive about us? Mm -hmm. And that's for me, what I've been like, as a Latino, as, as someone like in Hollywood, as a, not only as a Latino, but also having like a multi-marriage, like a multicultural marriage, right? Mm -hmm. It's been this navigation of like, how do you accept yourself for who you are and how do you accept your life for what it is yeah. that you don't have to constantly give excuses or try to justify oh i'm married to someone white because of this you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. you find this constant struggle and that's really the same struggle you have as an actor am i good enough do i fit in mm -hmm. whether you're working with the greats or whether you're working with someone new right yeah it's like oh i'm with this person that's new and am i wasting my time right you know what i mean like yeah so it's constant finding that 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 validation or that that sense of comfort and security like what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And so for someone like myself has always been like going back to purpose. Yeah. And, and I think that all comes like, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you want to separate yourself from, from like, as, as, as someone that's a trained actor, you want to separate yourself from others in the business. Like you have to go to one of those like UK schools. You just have to. You have so, to. okay, so this is my question then. Well, this is the first question. So first of all, when did you first start performing? Like, you grew up in LA, you grew up in Boyle Heights. I did. Heights. So I, I grew up in Boyle Heights, California, which is here in like near downtown Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful artistic city now. And I, and I love the city. I live in El Sereno, not, not far from it. And um, um, I didn't appreciate it as much as, as I did growing up. But um, so there... I went to school there. Um, as far as like performing, it's interesting. So I was an athlete. So I was an athlete in like really highly competitive like teams. Mm -hmm. Like we travel ball and everything. So I felt like my performance started there. And the reason why is because I was a standout player. So I had audiences. I had people yeah. that would show up and watch me perform, right? So I think as a young kid, a teenager, I understood that I had a purpose here bigger than the ordinary person because mm -hmm. of that gift, right? That I was given. And then, and then what happened was, um, man, I, I, I love my best friend. His name is Sergio. And in high school, he invited me to his play and he did, they did the outsiders mm -hmm. and I'll never forget this weird feeling that I had that never existed in my upbringing as far as vulnerability, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. It was just like, what are these emotions happening in my body? But equally saying, I love them. I want this. How do I get this? It was so different from sports. Yeah. So then what happened, um, the truth of the matter is, um, so my best friend always tried to, he never even though we grew up in the same area, we navigated through life a little bit differently, but he had a love for the arts. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so through him, I took a, a drama class with him as support and then just fell in love. And that was until college oh, wow. and fell in love with it. Like just everything about it. Like I'm talking about where I just dropped everything I was doing <laughs> said this is it this is exactly it I can't believe I'm doing this just now yeah so but you know but as as a as a 
that was my first like professional. But you know, I was that kid that you know I was in love with Blink One Eighty Two, right? Yes. So yeah, right. So um, <laughs> so I was that kid that 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 whenever I got a chance, we we put up fake concerts. I remember being mm-hmm. in um in Mexico once, and we made guitars out of cardboards, and it was me, my buddy, and my brother, and totally like had a fake concert <laughs> of Blink One Eighty Two. So like it was always kind of like in me in regards to performing right but yeah it was always the feeling of the the emotional reaction to what the audience was feeling that's what I loved how do I make people feel something because and at that point when I was younger it was all about how do I make them laugh right Mm -hmm. so so that's when like my my acting really started evolving and and then I went to college i went to cal state fullerton which has an amazing program and shout out to uh evelyn carol case who was one of my professors who just believed in me like you know as you can imagine i was the only latino in the program Mm -hmm. and i really struggled like just trying to find my place in there right yeah but she was just like don't quit don't do this so she was like such a champion of of my work and really just fought for me for whatever reason i mean kudos to her because she didn't have to right she had all these other students and um and so then um from there I started working professionally in college I I was cast in a show with East LA Classic which is a company ran by Tony Plana who I love was one of my like mentors and then um once I started working with East LA Classic you know and and seeing his career I I I just I just said hey Tony like how do I work? <laughs> like, yeah. I want to do what you're doing, right? Like, this is exactly the life I want. Yeah. I love your life in regards to like having all these amount of credits that you have. And then also um, being, being away from the public. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the life that is so great, right? When you get to be a, an actor and do all this work, but nobody really bothers you. Is and I was like, I want yeah. that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, exactly so, I yeah. so I said, that's exactly what I want. And so, um, you know, just trying to remain humble, I guess, is what I always try to do, because I do I do know where I come from. Right. At the end of the day, like two two like immigrant parents and, and first generation, like I'm the first one that graduated from my entire family. Wow. Like and, and, and not to mention, like not just here in the U.S., but also overseas, yeah. which which, you know, is, is a big deal. And so um, and so going back to Tony, I, I, I said, I said, Tony, so I want to do what you're doing. Like, what's what do you recommend? And he said, look, go to London. If oh, you could wow. get into if you could get into any of those schools, like that's what I what if you want to separate yourself from the you know, from the bunch, that's what I recommend. Cause that's what he did. He went to RADA. Right. So, so then I, I was finishing up my, my studies here with my BA and I laughed about it, you know, putting in the application being like, there's no way in heck that I would get into this program. Just like, you know, just never, I didn't have anyone backing me, the finance, all sorts of things, but it was one of those things of why not, what do I lose in just applying? Right. There was no, it's like, I can't remember at the time, it was like 25 pounds, I think it was at the time. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, so um, for the application fee, and I was like, that's cool, whatever. And so I applied, and then I I got in. It was the only postgraduate school I applied for. 
Oh, wow. Because at the time I was already working professionally and I was already on doing a lot of stage work with uh, with Tony Plano, which they do like the adaptations of Shakespeare, like mm-hmm. through like mariachi style. And I don't sing, but it, I was a part of that. Yeah. And then I I had booked a Disney show with uh, That's So Raven with um, with Raven Simone and um, and Fred Savage directed that. And so I was like, whichever route I take, I, I think I should be all right. Yeah. And um, and but I desperately wanted inside. I desperately wanted it. But a kid from Boyle Heights was like, don't set myself up for disappointment, right? Yeah. It's that constant battle. So then, um, yeah, I got the I got the letter. And you know what's interesting about it is um, even with my parents, like I think finally it took them years to understand what a big deal it was for me to get into Central, right? Yeah. I remember telling them I got in and they were like, oh, okay, great. That's like, exactly like the same that, as that. Yeah, yeah. Like that was their reaction, like, like, okay, cool, you know? Yeah. And so, and it was interesting because at the time I was dating my wife and her family was like, let's take you to dinner. This is big, you know? <laughs> so you have the two big, like, um, yeah. ways of uh, how people handle these situations. <laughs> and that's been like the battle of my life. Like, which hand, which is the right way, right? Yeah. Staying humble or like, is it is it good to celebrate? It's so good to celebrate. What, you can still be humble and celebrate. Right. And you that's know, what I've learned through my time, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that's exactly what I've learned. Like, please, and I encourage that to like all the people in my community and my surrounding or, or people that I don't know, like, please celebrate those victories. Mm-hmm. It's so important because it's all about mental health at the end of the day too, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, Lindsay, like when you book a project, mm-hmm. you beat out thousands of people. Yeah. It's a big deal. And I had to say, like my manager who I've been with forever since I've been back home from London, like he constantly reminds me that uh, of yeah. that, right? Like Eddie, just be ha- like, di- like, trust me, you're working enough and just remember like how many people you, you beat for this. Right. It's such and a good so- reminder. It's such a good reminder. It is. I, like- for- I forget that as well. Right. You know, right. I'm just like, oh, I needed to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's so important because I think I think that's like we we, we need to support each other in that, right? Like mm-hmm. as as a community, as we keep building artists in our lives and friends, like, you know, we just need to cheer each other on. Like it's it, it's it's so important. Like, you know, just to to know that you have people behind you that got your back, but equally if I'm working, just know that I'm also like cheering you on I want yeah. you to be as successful as I am right like yeah. that's the goal and 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 that's what's so important just building that community so that's that's been my journey as far as like how I started acting and mm-hmm. where I'm at now as soon as I came back from London it was like full throttle like focused acting and and um this it's I don't have a plan b like yeah. I don't this is that this is this I do other things to help navigate my career as far as like, you know, to, to, to supplement income or whatever. But all I think about every day is what's next yeah. all the time. Yeah. And you create a bunch of stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I started creating, so I started producing, um, well, you know, I, I, so what, what happened with my career, it's so unique. I mean, it's, it's wild sometimes because like getting into London, right. Like never thinking of getting into that was like the first stepping stone into being like, Oh, okay. So it's possible. 
Yeah. And then I auditioned for my first pilot, right, with uh -huh. Randy Hiller. Shout out to Randy Hiller. I love her so much. She's like the <laughs> video casting at uh, Disney. She, I auditioned for this piece um, by with, with Michael Patrick King, uh -huh. and, you know, creator of Sex in the City. And, and um, it's my first pilot. But I honestly, Lindsay, like, it was one of those pilots where, like, it was the first time, and I can't, I don't know what happened in me where I just went in and had fun. Yeah, that's what like, it's about. I, and people see that when you have fun, they're like, oh. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, just, dudes. just, yeah. I don't, and I, I wouldn't be able to tell you what I did, right? Yeah. Obviously, I prepped for it, but uh -huh. I couldn't tell you, like, I went in there, like, you know, you hear so much, like, I go in there not caring. That's mm -hmm. not what I did, because I cared. But, I don't know what it was, but anyway, so I went and I auditioned and then funny enough, I had a certain um, agent at the time and I'm like, because I think also like it was the same thing with London, right? I'm not going to book my first pilot, but yeah. you're right. I've heard all the stories, right? Like how yeah. difficult this business is. So then um, I'm super like chill, like, yo, whatever. Like it was fun. And then I hear nothing. And I was mm -hmm. like, I, yeah, I told you, right? But then I get a call from my managers being like, where are you? I'm in, I'm in like in a commercial audition. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they are waiting for you at Randy Hiller's casting for a callback. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, whoa, 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 what's going on, right? This is like five. They're like, you have 10 minutes to get there. Fuck. And I was like, oh my gosh. So whatever happened, the agent dropped the ball and didn't call me. Yeah. And so um, he claimed that email went somewhere else. But anyways, I ended up getting there. And Randy's like, Eddie, they just love everything you did. Don't change anything. Go and do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I go in the room and Michael Patrick King is in there. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, all this, I'm a kid in Boyle Heights. I know who nobody is. I yeah. am walking <laughs> in the city. So I'm like, okay, cool, right? Like, let's do it. So I go in and I do my thing again. And then um, on the way out, he goes, Michael tells me, Eddie, I want you to know this. You are great. Just know that. And I'm thinking in my head, well, that's nice, but that means I'm not booking this, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm just leaving, like, that was very, you know, nice of him to do, a, a nice thing of him to do. So then, um, so then, yeah, sure, indeed, I walk out and I book this thing. So now in my head, I'm thinking, like, this business is not hard. I got into <laughs> London this easy, right? I got this, this my, I booked my first pilot that has Michael Patrick King. It has uh, uh, Sandra Vergara, who's Sofia Vergara's relative, right? I'm yeah. like her love interest, like all of this, like they start building the set at WB. Like, I'm like, this is it. Like my manager starts being like, okay, we're going to get publicists. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then it doesn't go. Mm -hmm. Right. So then I'm like, oh, okay. But then that was the same thing that happened to me in London. Um, I was there for my, you know, we had the presentation right before the graduation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in the presentation, same thing. I was like, I am flying home the next day because I just couldn't afford to live there if I'm being blunt, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, this is like, I lived in London. You know, it's so expensive to oh live there. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. So then same thing happened. Like I, I, I was on a plane the following day after the presentations. I didn't care about the, as far as meeting the managers and agents because I was like, I'm not going to be out there. And also a Latino in in London wouldn't have made any sense. At least it didn't make sense to me that I will work out there. So uh -huh. to make a, a, a long story short, I'm home. I get an e I'm, ch I'm checking my emails from school still because I'm working on my dissertation. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Amanda says, Hey, there's this lady that wants to talk to you. It's Celestia Fox. Right. 
who is like a major casting, I mean, Academy Award casting director of The Pianist, right? Mm -hmm. Baywatch. I didn't know that at the time. So I said, oh, well, who is this? Amanda even told me, she's like, oh, I think it's a teacher of some sort or someone, producer, <laughs> right? So, so she says, here's her contact info and it was her phone number was included. So as you know, time difference, I call from here and I call and Celestia actually answered. And then she, I say, Celestia, this is Eddie Ruiz. And she's like, yeah, what, what, um, she says, oh my gosh, Eddie, are you in London? And I said, no, um, I'm actually in LA. What's going on? And so, and I had looked her up at this point. So now I know who she is, by yeah. the way. I, I know exactly who she is. <laughs> and you're like, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally IMDb'd her. So, so, um, so I'm like, yeah. So I said, look, I can be there tomorrow, but what is this regard in, in, in regards? She says, oh my gosh, my assistant saw you at the showcase and we wanted to book you for the Nutcracker, the untold story that, sh that shoots in Hungary for Disney. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can be there tomorrow. She's like, oh, we have to fly everybody like tomorrow morning. Oh. And then she, you go at the last question. I mean, the last statement, right? Yeah. Maybe next time. And I was like, ah, oh. so, you know, so, so that's been like, that's been like the, the, the convention in, in my, my career as an mm -hmm. actor, like I work, something big happens. I had the writer strike happen. Oh, when yeah, I started yeah. finding such momentum. That's when and I first then, moved over, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. And mm -hmm. then and the second thing was um, was uh, the now COVID, you know, same thing. I was working tons on stage, booked the show with Joseph Gordon-Levitt on for, for Apple, right? Mm -hmm. And then same thing, boom, COVID hits, you yeah. know? And and then there was a project that I I, I can't mention yet because they're – there's it's still a possibility but even then like that was like you know when you talk about everything is just there there's this huge project with the like a-listers that i was like the third lead for mm -hmm. but then due to the second lead who's like a major star had dropped out so then they changed it so they went back to the drawing board and that conversation kind of got erased but yeah. then it came back would you like to do a way smaller part? And so that's where we're at right now, right? Yeah. But it goes to impact you how these big moments that happen in our lives as actors, like how impactful they are. Because I think the best thing I try to tell people is that this business is so competitive mm -hmm. that you're so easily forgotten. Yeah. It don't matter who you are, right? It, you're so easily forgotten unless obvious with obvious reasons if you're like you know what i mean uh, uh, someone that is in high demand but mm -hmm. as far as for myself like they won't they won't know who you are you know what i mean but that's why like, you have to be the squeaky will you know mm -hmm. like i recently just did an email to a casting director who i'd met um right before COVID, the same thing i was like picking up momentum finally and I'm just like, oh, things are happening. I had a meeting with ABC. I was just like, yes, okay, yeah. cool, great. And then COVID. Ah. So I'm just like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can taste it, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's right there. And I'm just like, I'm I'm meeting with the VPs of these big companies. I'm like, how is this happening? Yeah. And yeah. then, so I emailed one of the casting directors the other day who I met with, because I'm just like, I need to keep this alive. Of course. I, I, you know, because yeah. like I've got stuff going on and I'm just like, I can't. I can't let you forget about me. 
Yeah, see, and, and I think that's so important because um, that you're mentioning that because you do in whatever means that you in like, however you can do it without obviously like any stalking situation, yeah. right? But like, you do need to figure out how to stay, how, how to be creative in a way to and staying in contact with these people. Yeah. How can I indirectly keep them, remind them that I'm here still, right? Yeah. Because you hear that sometimes from Cassie, I didn't think you were still doing this. They're so used to people dropping out because of how hard it is, right? Yeah. But I remember, and 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 I say this with nothing but love because I love him so much, and he's a he's a great mentor in my in my career as well. But I remember Joseph Middleton, right, who's now the head of of Paramount. Mm -hmm. I auditioned for a film at the time; it was called The Gardener. I think the title changed, and I went in for a small role. And 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 Carla Hool, who I love, right, I go out a lot for her, and and she's cast me and stuff and whatnot. I go; she calls me in for this feature film, and I go in for this small role. And this is also where you where you need to be just nice. You just need to like be respectful. I'm in the elevator, right? I go in and in the elevator, there's a gentleman. And then I just say, you know, good, good morning. Great to see you. He goes, oh, good morning. Great to see you. That's it. That was the exchange. Mm -hmm. He gets off. I get off. I go, you know, I'm obviously focused on my audition. And he goes, and I have no idea who that was. I go into the room. I still don't connect. It's him, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm, as you know, like in, this is early, right? Nerves and and like the anxiety and the anticipation, all the emotions happening, I don't connect that. So then I do the reading. And then Joseph, he just goes, this young man, I have to say, is respectful and polite. And I thank him. I just want all of you to know before I'm going to go on to my spill. And he said, in the elevator, all he said to me, he greeted me and he respected me. And I was like, oh, cool, right? Like, I'm thinking like, well, that's kind of what the norm to do, mm -hmm. like, whatever. I didn't think anything of that. But then he went on to say, uh, look, Eddie, I can't, like, then, then and there said, I can't book you on this because we actually cast a 15-year-old. So it wouldn't work as far as the age difference on screen mm -hmm. but um, for you to book the part. They had me, I read for a small part, but they ended up having me read for the best friend, which was like the fourth lead. Mm -hmm. And so I did read for it and everything. And then they said, you are great. Everything, you know, the whole spill. But then he said, make sure you tell your representation that anytime anything that is for me, that, that is coming through my office to send you in. Great. Related the, the message to my rep, right? But then I'm, I'm in Paramount. I'm auditioning for another film and with Carla Hood, but this time he's not connected to this one. Mm -hmm. I see his office. I'm like, oh, Joseph Middleton. I should go say hi, right? And this was probably maybe a year later. And I go in, and as I go in um, to say hi, has no idea who I am. Oh, no. Like, no idea. But then that was a lesson learned for me, not for him, right? Because yeah. the lesson to me, I took for granted that he would just remember me from that one day. Yeah. Right. And it's what you're saying. Like, how do we find these creative ways to be able to stay connected with these people? Yeah. Who give us our who like really are our, our employers, right? Who who employ us. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, we need them to call us in before even a director or a producer can get to know us or a writer. Yeah. And so that that was a lesson to me. That's why I mean nothing but love for him, because you could imagine, as you know, the amount of people they see all the time oh all the time 
right? So, so for me, I took it as something that I needed to work on. And so at that time, what I would do was I, every time I updated this letter, and um, this is, this came from a mentor named Hector Elias, he would mail once a month to all the casting directors that he's either seen or what, or, or wanted to be seen by an actual paper, <laughs> a letter with like some pictures, like stills of projects that you're doing. Uh -huh. And then just like the message of like, this is what I'm doing. I'm still here. Keep me in mind for any projects. So I was doing that for a long time and it worked. I, 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 I probably imagine 10% of them actually saw them and opened them, mm -hmm. but the ones that did appreciated them. Nice. Yeah. It was very subtle, you know, like, yeah. but that's a, that's the thing to do is like, um, I don't know if you ever done anything like that. Like, how do you stay connected with? So well? the recent email that I did is because I had, I just booked a co-star. I just, um, a script of mine going to a festival. So there were like a couple of things that are happening at the very same time. So mm -hmm. I was just like, this stuff's relevant. It's happening right now. Right. So it's not like I was being like, oh, hi, um, it's Lindsay. Right. Um, oh, well, uh, what do I say? You know, like mm -hmm. stuff was happening because I'm that's that's where I get funny about, like contacting people and reaching out is like unless I have something to say. Right. And like before that, I reached out to her because I'd finished like a short film and we mm -hmm. we discussed it before like when I'd met her I was just like oh I'm writing this and we're actually going to shoot this and she's like oh send it over and there was a bunch of people that we both knew who were going to be in it and so you know so it was like just once every six months once you know like all of that when you actually have something relevant and sort of updating like what you were saying about the letter with the stills mm -hmm. and being like this is what I'm doing right so right. exactly that and it's not just like out of nowhere like uh like nothing to say it's right right relevant and it is you do have something have something to say well see and that's where we align so much and I, I'm, I'm happy you said that because that's what's so important to me the reason why stills were so important from mm -hmm. films is because you're changing that right yeah it's not like a headshot that they see over and over and over again this is like no i'm working in these projects and this is what i look like as this character yeah right so they're seeing a, a variety and, and, and different styles that you're playing and where you're being cast as as well, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it was at the time a student, uh, a student short film or uh, independent film or, or stage work, right? It, it all changed. And so that's how I changed it up. So it's so important. I, I'm with you on, on that. I'm big on that. In the, in the Latino like circles, I would say I, I do that. I'm exactly what you just mentioned is if I don't have anything relevant to promote, mm -hmm. I don't do it. Cause I, I, you know, I, I've been very successful in producing. Yeah. And, um, and so due to that, I was invited to a lot of like events, mm -hmm. but at the time I had nothing. Right. Yeah. And so I said, what are, like, it's like, you're saying, I just didn't want to be on a red carpet and be like, so what do you got going on? It was like, wow. I'm auditioning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, so, so there was like, I, I think it's so important to, to make sure that when you are communicating with these mm -hmm. people is that there is relevancy and substance. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think you, you can't stress that enough because that's what they want to know. They don't want to know what you're thinking about doing. Yeah. They want to see you actually doing exactly. and working on the craft. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, 
I think for me, producing, going back to the, the thing that you said earlier about creating, yeah, I, um, you know, I love this guy, Chris Kofer. That was one of, like, the first project I booked coming back mm-hmm. from, from London. I got to work with an, with an amazing director named Terrence Houston. And so um, Terrence and I did a, a short film that was called um, Russell Fish, The Sausage and Egg Incident, and that was with Chris Kofer. And that was Chris pre um, pre uh, Glee, so uh-huh. it was just you know going back to the same thing, right? Like I'm working in this great project that actually is paying, right? As a yeah. out of drama school, and I'm like, same thing, like wow, this is easy, <laughs> right? Like all this thing <laughs> in my mind, and it wasn't until like my mid twenties I was like, it's actually hard, right? <laughs> and you're like, it, when it stops, you're just like, oh man, this is competitive. But um, <laughs> so I got to work with him, and we had an, a successful run with this film. Like I'm talking about, it went all over the world, multi-winning. I won awards for that project, you know, as an actor. And um, and then Terrence, then um, after doing a couple other projects for other people, he then contacted me, and I I just love this this director, love him, still do. Um, contacted me and said, hey, um, you know, you it, through our talk because we drove up to Fresno for the shoot, right? Together, him and I. He said through our talk, you know, I've been inspired and and I've always kind of like been intrigued by by like your circumstances. And so he told me of his background. We know he's done a lot of social service work and whatnot and his sister too. And he said, you know, I wrote this script and it's, it has a lot of elements of things that we spoke about. He says, would you like to produce this? And I said, I would, if I can take the script and help make sure it's authentic to, to my world. And mm-hmm. he was co- totally open. So that's what opened my avenue to producing. Then that producing, that short film just went on to do amazing things where it ended up launching David Casaneda, who was on the Umbrella Academy, right? Mm-hmm. He ended up, we ended up winning the NBC Universal Short Film Festival for that film, one of the categories, which landed, he also ended up winning um, Best Actor. And yeah. so that, that got him a holding deal with, with, uh, with NBC. Nice. And, um, and so it just, you know, he's doing great. I love him. David is amazing. We're still in contact and, and he does a lot of um, like talkbacks for a lot of youth in the community because he's from West Covina here in LA as well. So, yeah. So um, I, and then, and then, so through that success of that film, just people were just looking for me. It was so weird. I'm talking about where like, I even got calls from Sundance and was like, I hear that you have this, this content and I hear that this is what you're doing. But to be honest, I think the lesson that I learned and I, and I say this all the time was I wish I had a script at that time yes. because they Colin, who at the time was running the Sundance um, mm-hmm. lab, he said, Eddie, like whatever you have, I like your name has come up like more than 10 times. Yeah. What do you have? And I, my answer was like, I can have something, yeah. but you know, the way the business is, it's yeah. if you don't have it now, the opportunity is gone by tomorrow. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's, we're moving on to the next thing. And then the same thing happened. I had another executive from Disney who I didn't know was an executive at the time, just come up to me and say, I heard you in the Q and a for the, the film mad dogging. And I saw you in the director. He said, I want to, I loved how you presented yourself and how you answered these questions. But what I want to know is what's your story. 
-hmm. what's your version of what I saw up on the screen? And same thing, he goes, what do you have? And in my, like the back of my head, I'm like, here we go again, nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So that was when I then decided I don't want to produce for other people anymore. And I want to produce for myself, right? Yes. But I then got thrown into, I got offered a, a half a half a million feature film. But then I, I told myself, this is a great film where all my community, like all the people I have used in all these projects, this is where I can actually get them hired, right? Mm-hmm. And get paid for and everything. It's almost like that payback for yeah. them doing all that work they did. So I ended up doing this, this feature film called The Shifting, where I also acted in it and I produced it to the full extent. It was just like the, a big project with great um, actors in it. And it was just an animal. And I was like 26 at the time, right? Oh so it was just like, all right. And and I think it's that, it's that love, hate for it. I love what I did with it. And mm-hmm. I love that I was able to hire people that I love. But equally, I realized these are not the stories I want to tell. Yeah. And then I had two other circumstances where I had two new people come to me with scripts for development and all that. And they got developed. We got them ready. One of them was a a Christian-based story, which I really loved about these brothers. And then another one was with um, Lee Mayweather, um, who is like the original Batwoman. Uh So she was attached to it. And so that was a momentum. And both of them, both of those, the first one, the director who's never directed in his life and the, the, the co-writer, of course, we wrote it together. He wanted to be the lead, be the director and produce it on a feature yeah, film yeah. on a certain budget. I said, there's no way. But he wasn't attached to it as an actor. He came to me with that after we did a reading, after I ended up casting the entire project. And because he saw what was happening, he's like, I want to now... He's like, we, he wanted to remove the actor we cast as a lead and give it to himself. And I was like... I just don't think it's possible with what, with your experience and all that. So then that led to like this, why we just won't do it. Okay. I stand, I stand with how I believe. So that happened. And then the other project just never heard from the director after we did a beautiful reading, great cast, everything just never heard from him again. So that was the calling when I was like, I'm done producing. Mm -hmm. This is the cost of, of producing other people's work where you have no control. Mm-hmm. right whether it means creatively but also like i'm the type of person where like when i commit myself to something it's gonna get done because my exactly. name is behind it I'm right exactly the same yeah yeah so so when all that happened i i stopped producing just said until i have something and then i thought to myself i have the entire cast i mean the entire crew i have all the elements to do films mm-hmm. i told my wife and luke from drama school, my, uh, who's like one of my dearest friends, we started Albion Entertainment. And we were like, why am I wasting time with other people when we could tell our own stories, right? Yep. Uh-huh. So then we went to the drawing board and started doing all these short films, very experimental, nothing that felt like this is like festival material yet. Yeah. So then eventually now we're at a place where we did a, um, which I'm very proud of and can't wait to see what happens next for it. Due to COVID, same thing, we kind of slowed down, but um. We created a project called Partly Entertainers, mm-hmm. which is about a bunch of misfits who go and work parties. And we've all had like a lot of people can relate to this <laughs> job, right? Yeah. Where they're like the worst party entertainers, but constantly get hired. And they have a rival <laughs> crew that you don't cross the boundaries where they do their parties. 
And so, um, so that's what we're working on now, which I'm very, very proud of. We shot the pilot. Uh-huh. And I, I'm, I mean, we had, you know, Andy, Andy Cruz, who was involved, who's like a huge editor for like, uh, for the ranch. He's, he's now editing for Euphoria. Like, you know, we have like, the team is just amazing that, that we, that we built for that, that pilot. So that's what we have. That's what I have cooking independently. Now, I also work a lot with um, Janine Salinas, who writes on Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she, um, she pretty much, uh, has written everything she has written in her career as far as stage and now TV and film I have acted in and produced in, and now I partake in small notes to her new pilot, which, is, which, um, has just been sold to network. And that's where I'm kind of like, I'm attached to that at the moment so that's where i'm at with her and so she's the one that i really focus with the most as far as my my career like uh in in developing and then i come back with with um luke and gene um developing for albion like because is that because i'm I'm sure is that is that what you're doing as well so it sounds like you're also developing a lot of projects yeah so basically i got really bored of not so i came over here straight from drama school and i came on my o1 visa because long story that I won't go into right now. Wait, wait, wait. So, so you came here, uh, this is is actually a good question. So you came here because I love it because like the opposite of what I did, right? Like Uh you just, so you came here, Mm -hmm. but not knowing anyone. Exactly. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And so I'll let you finish. And then I have a question for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. So I think a lot of people want that answer or, or, or want that, that, that want to hear that story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I basically came over with Katie, who was on our was on my course. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know anybody. She went back to England. I traveled because I, I was. We were only meant to be here for eight weeks. I stayed for five months. Oh my god! We went back after eight weeks. Yeah, we didn't know anybody at all. And then I then went to. I started my O one visa process, and so I went traveling to Australia. I then went back to London to finish it off because I was like, why am I in Australia when I'm going to be moving back to America and right, I should right. be with my friends? Right, right. So I moved back to London and I like worked three jobs because you know how London is so fucking expensive. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I basically moved over knowing like three people, just like friends, like not people in the industry. And it has been a grind. It has yeah. been a hustle and I was, and then I got told that my O1 visa basically is n- worth nothing. I need a green card. So that on top of everything being like, oh, you can't even audition for the studio because they don't take this visa. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Right. And I think, I think that was like what a lot of people, I think is so informed, like it's so informative for people to hear mm-hmm. what that experience is as, as someone that's not American, right? Like yeah, people don't realize you can't audition for certain networks, right? Or, or certain studios. And you're not told this. So right. I got I got my O1 visa thinking, yes, I've hit the jackpot. I'm going out there for three years. And then I arrive and then I'm told, oh, this studio, this studio, this studio. Mm-hmm. So many studios don't take the O1 visa. So in that three years of me trying to start my green card process, I then just was doing classes. I started writing a bunch. I just did as much creative stuff as I had control of mm-hmm. because I was like okay well this control has been taken away from me so now I'm gonna take it back because I can't stand back and just do nothing right 
So I then get my green card and it's just been so, I've just had such a tough time finding like a, like a manager and agent who can get me out there. Right. Because I've been told it's because you're white and blonde. And there's mm -hmm. so, and I'm like, I've dyed my hair red. I've done this. I've done that. And I'm just like, I can't, like, this is who I am. And yeah, there's millions of blondes out here, but I'm literally nothing like them. Right. Um, like, because we're all so, so different. Yeah. So basically, I had different representations who I would stay with them for like a year plus mm -hmm. and have maybe, maybe one audition the entire time. Wow. And it yeah. has seriously been like that the entire time I've been out here, where yeah. I would go to a different manager or agent and they promise you all this stuff, which you hear all the time. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Until I see something, I'm calling bullshit until like something actually happens. So then it just, it was the same, like I'm in the cycle of mm -hmm. like the same, same stuff. So I was like, you know what? I have stories to tell. I have so much like going on that I need to get this stuff out. Right. So I took a long break. I took like, I'm going to say like a year off when it was actually around the time I got my green card. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back and study. So I started doing classes again. Which congratulations with the green card. Oh, thank you. I'm now a citizen. So yeah, congratulations. That's a big like, deal. Yeah. I know. I was like, so jazzed. Just yeah. that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Because I just love it here. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just started, like I wrote a feature film. I wrote something else. And I just, you know, when you, what you were saying about like having stuff ready to show people. Mm -hmm. I was I was talking to a friend and I was like even if nothing happens with this stuff for years I want yeah. like my stuff here so when people are like oh what do you have I can go form 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 right I've got these three skips I've got this project going and so then I start doing like plays and I start just start doing stuff like that I was producing that I was in just to get stuff done right because I'm like so sick of waiting around for people for something that might not happen just yet or like i might not even get an audition i might not get this blah 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 and like the fact that i wasn't getting any auditions i was like okay all right so i just need to take the reins a little bit yeah and so yeah it's just i've just had that struggle i know everybody has their own struggles right and then right before it was 2019 i'd written a monologue a comedic monologue when I was at Groundlings, like okay. two years before, you know? And I'd been performing this monologue around like the comedy circuit. And I did monologue slam. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, you know, is um, is it the one that you have on your website? Yeah. It's so great. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it. I was laughing out loud. Just so, yeah. But also like how vulnerable that that piece was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, like, it's, yeah. It's like, um, it's so I I performed in Monologue Slam and that's where I got the meetings for ABC mm. and for this casting director and for somebody else and for management and I was just like oh my goodness and when I walked out on stage when you were talking about going into that pilot audition and just having so much fun like right. before I was really nervous and then as soon as I walked on stage I was like just have fun yeah. I had so much fun performing that because I always have fun performing it and I was just like, oh, this is exactly what it should be. Right. And so then the fact that I won, I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, that's just the cherry on top. Yeah. Anytime you get to perform, it's just incredible. 
Absolutely. And I think that goes back like full circle to what you're talking about, right? Like you had something to present. You yeah. did it. And the work is recognized mm -hmm. as long as you do it well yeah. and you're passionate about it, right? Yeah. So it, it all comes full circle that, but there's a time and place for everything. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about it is like this business, there's no room for error where like everything needs to align to it perfection. Does. It does everything. Yeah. And, and because I mean, starting from the room of casting, everyone needs to be on board mm -hmm. with you being in the project. Mm -hmm. So all it takes is for one, like co-producer to be like, I just don't like him. Cause he reminds me of my sister's ex-husband. Yeah. Right. It, it can be like all that. It takes. And all of a sudden they're like, well, what do we do now? You know? And trust me, I know this because I've been in the casting rooms. Yeah. I've been with major casting directors you know, and, and have seen the process. And as an actor, I'm like, wow, like that actor clearly deserved it, but because of his eyebrows or whatever, right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, he's out of like the project. So, so, and I think I, I, I say that because it's so important to hear, like, to not be discouraged with that type of stuff, you know, because yeah. I heard it before, like I, I embrace my teeth. My mom doesn't because she pay a lot of money for braces, <laughs> but like my teeth are kind of crooked, but I know that cat like, and I, and I only say this because I had, I had agents that be like, your teeth are crooked. And I'm like, okay. But then like, then you work, right? Like I booked something else and I'm like that dude, like a month ago told me that I wouldn't work because my teeth weren't straight. Yeah. And here I am on a major like network show now, you know? It's, so like, yeah, everyone has it, their opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think that's what it's about, right? It's about how bad do you want it and the tenacity of, of, mm -hmm. of going, but also the, the community you build, like I, I mentioned earlier of just embracing each other to be like, you got this, exactly. but also you got to want it, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're really like, just what I tell people all the time, like, like, how do you work, Eddie? I said, casting directors have been doing this for so long. They're like, so like, like, like psychologists, like sociologists, right? Like mm -hmm. they can tell if you have problems outside yes. this audition. Yes. And so then it goes, can I have this person be on this set that is yeah. multi-million dollars worth, right? Yeah. So a lot of people don't, I think sometimes they don't, uh, they don't understand that or don't grasp that, but when I talk to casting directors or like, I've been very fortunate to know a lot of them on like a first name basis. And, and I get, you know, um, called by them or offers by them. Um, we, you know, these conversations is that right. It's like, in what position are you in, in life yeah. right now? Because you have to be so focused or at least being so good at BSing it mm -hmm. that you're perfect. Yeah. And that you are not going to be a, a bump for this project, right? Because they, they, they just, there's a, there's a demand there that, mm -hmm. and also like an accountability, right. That, that you're going to be ready to work with these people. And so, um, so yeah, I think that that's so important, right. To, to understand and know that, that you, if you're in a play, like you said, when you took the year off, if you're in a place and that could be for negative or positive reasons, right? Mm -hmm. It could be because you're struggling or because just like, Hey, I want to celebrate life and I'm gone and that's okay. Yeah. But the point is, is that they can tell when you're not fully yourself are present. Yes. They can yeah. They can tell when the, 
there's like no one home but the lights are on kind of thing you know what i mean absolutely yeah because yeah. i've been told before myself like with casting do i see all the time they're like maybe this one isn't for you you know what yeah. i mean yeah like and and i understand what they say whatever's happening out there go fix it mm -hmm. and then come back for the next one but this one today you're not there mentally yeah. and that's okay you know so so that's so important in in the business you know so yeah so i i think those those points are 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 important what you were talking about i also think the developing of your own projects is so important mm -hmm. but equally to understand not just to do projects but to understand the motive behind them exactly yeah there's there's a project that i'm currently working on and it was the feature film that i was telling you about but because feature films are just so expensive to make and this and the other. Right. And because I'm just like, I need to make stuff. My friend who is a director who's in Mexico, Kim and I, we're making it to a short film because it's something we can actually do and send right. to festivals and do all that stuff. But it's just because we're like, okay, this could lead to like wherever and whatever mm -hmm. it is, because we shot it, I'll send you the trailer that we shot for it. Yeah, absolutely. We did a proof of concept that I was like, we shot this and it's visually like it's beautiful right it's just like what are we doing with it and then right so one of my friends was like turn it into a trailer and mm -hmm. then just figure it out and so it's just that whole process of just creating just keep doing it creates more work right you know what i mean and especially right. like this project i wrote five years ago but it's such an important project to me that mm -hmm. i have to get this out until this is done I can't rest. Yeah. Once it's out and done, I'm like, great. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with this. This can go to bed. Right. Uh, right, until, right. Until that point, I can't like, obviously I'm going to be working on other things, but I'm just like, this needs to get it. Like it's, it's, it's so important to me. Well, I think it's so, important to you, but as equally, it's like you had all these people come and also do work on it exactly so it's yeah. also like a gift to give back right yeah. like i'm doing like it, it's an unselfish motive of like i know we all did this as an ensemble mm -hmm. and it's almost my duty to make sure that this is done for the yeah. sake of you guys to trust me in the future yeah because how many times in the business have have i mean at least myself and you can answer this uh on, on with your experiences um you do a project and then you never hear anything. Oh, so many You know times. what I mean? So many and times. It, and you, that's why I don't do student films anymore or anything, unless yeah. it's like, unless I know enough about it, you know, yeah. or, or that I have a trust. Like, that's always my question. I'm currently working on a, a new project right now with this amazing director named Miguel, Miguel Duran. You know, I did a, I did another film with him that called Casey that, um, that I, I co-starred with uh, Yvette Monreal, who is on Stargirl. She's one of the leads. Mm -hmm. And so, and then he did Monsoon, which is a, a, a feature film that is on Amazon. So then um, we've always talked about working together again. Yeah. So, but it's the same thing, right? It's a friend, but equally we're, we're both collab like uh, collaborators and, and artists. And so he shot me this script and I was like, He's like, hey, Eddie, I thought about you for this, which I appreciate it, right? I love the mm -hmm. dude. But then equally, I was like, wow, this is 13 pages of like Aaron Sorkin-style dialogue, right? And, <laughs> and Aaron Sorkin, that's no Yeah, 
Right. Oh so I was God. like, these are like six monologues, 13 full pages of it. And yeah. nine, like 80% of my character. So you go back to that same thing, what you're talking about, right? Like knowing our worth, mm-hmm. not just the other people's worth, but like you start, you're in a place in your career. And, and, and it sounds like you are as well, where, where like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Is it worth it? And yeah. what am I, what are we as a whole going to gain from this project? So my first two questions to him was that, right? Like, what do you want to do with this project? Like, why are you telling it? Yeah. Like, what's my, how am I going to help whatever that next step is for this? Because I, I, I don't want to do a project just for fun. Yeah. I'm done doing those, right? Like, yeah. I've done them. I have over 50 professional credits just on, on IMDb and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and so it's like, I need to do things that are substantial, that, that are yeah. important. And now as we're in this new political climate and social change climate, right? Like now that in itself is like another layer of like how I choose my projects, right? Yeah. Because now I feel like there's a lot of people that, that relate to me that, that have a similar upbringing as mine and are looking to me. And I, and I say this because I have so many people that contact me, whether they're like, how do I become an actor? How do I make a film? How do I do this? Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I could only keep that inspiration happening. That's beautiful by myself doing work that, that of the messages I want to be telling, right. Of the change that I want to see and be a part of. So those are, those are the type of like, that's in the, in the, where I'm at right now as a creator, as a developer, it's been a struggle for us as a Obium entertainment, because that's been even our situation, right? Like my wife is white. My buddy Luke is white. So like, how do you navigate now that where like the projects seem to be like, we want inclusion, we want diversity. But I have to say, I'm very lucky, first of all, to be partnered with both of them. But equally, like our project, we have like, um, we wrote this beautiful character for um, for an LGBTQ um, community member, right? And I remember even auditioning through the, the LGBTQ center in, in Hollywood. Like they, they helped us out, cast this individual. Mm-hmm. They read the script before, right? So like we are aware of all that. But if I'm being honest, it's still hard to be like, it's me, this Latino with two Caucasians, right? Yeah. It's about like, that's a hard selling point. Yeah. Because that's what they see right like okay it's this one latino how much is it really involved because i look so much younger than them it's about like how much validation do i have versus how much they have right yeah so like you're navigating through all these different aspects that i think a lot of people don't realize that when you're presenting to producers to network like these are all the ideologies and the different like philosophies that they're like looking at right because they're thinking numbers they're thinking about audience who does it reach how when we present these this team of these three people here's two caucasians one who are trying to do diverse and inclusive projects right does that work today Mm -hmm. so it's about and and i think for me i'm tired of justifying it right like i'm tired of being like no but they're the good ones right like it's (laughs) like how we grew up right like no they actually care about everybody but yeah, it's just, we're in this world where like it's such a stereotype and generalization of everything, know. you know. So, yeah. so that's I, I I've noticed how that has impacted the projects, and yeah. so so where where we navigate from here, I think is where we're trying to 
like feel out and go forward with. But I mm -hmm. think I, I really think our our pilot does a beautiful job through comedy. You know, I I I say that it's a very it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Type project meets the Veep is what it, what it <laughs> oh is. Oh my god, I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like very like kind of satirical, right? Like heightened situations, really bigger than life. This project is clearly going to need some budget because it's all kids parties, you know, yeah. as you can imagine. So, so yeah, so that's where we're at right now. That's where I'm at. Um, you know, it, it, I, I just love to hear that you're developing. I love, you know, even you doing this podcast and giving a voice to someone like myself, like it's just so important, right? Because we, we need to hear these stories and elevate yeah. each other. And whatever you take from this conversation, I hope that it inspires whoever hears it or yourself or myself. Mm -hmm. Like it inspires me to get back to writing as soon as we're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's, it, it, or, or like even to collaborate with you, like you said, I'm going to share with you the, the, the. Oh, I'm totally sending you my trailer. Yeah. You, you pumped me out. I'm just like, yes, yeah. let's do this. It's so great because I, I need to see your pilot. I just need to, I'm just like, and this, this is the other reason why I wanted to do the podcast is because I listen to podcasts a lot and right. they're all like famous people who are like talking about how they got their break. But I'm just right. like, I want to talk to people who are like in the trenches doing it. Yeah. And like what, like, that's what fascinates me. Yeah. Because you know I mean? we're all but in this together. And plus I love being a cheerleader. You yeah. Know I mean? I'm just like, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a cheerleader. I've never been a cheerleader, but right. you, you know what I mean? Like in the yeah, yeah. metaphorical sense, I'm just like, let's just big each other up. Right. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, I think at the end of the day, that's all we can do. And I think a platform like this is what it does, right? Yeah. As long as it's handled in that positive way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, it's just, we just need these outlets, especially yeah. during this time. Oh like, my goodness, especially. You know, I know like we're sharing a lot of information, but like, I mean, I think about myself, right? Like going back to your, your visa situation, mm -hmm. like if someone is even hearing this as a first generation artist, right? That wants to go study abroad. It's so important. Like as silly as it sounds, I had no idea what a student visa was. Yeah. I didn't know it was necessary to need that to go abroad, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's just how I grew up. Like we don't talk about dreaming in my neighborhood that I'm gonna go to London one day to yeah. study at one of the best schools in the world, right? Yeah. Like you just don't talk about that. You're just talking about other things. So when I when I got to, I remember getting to London, I had my mom and my girlfriend um there at the airport. And the, you know, they were there with me to help me get set up. And I had a week before central started. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know about central, like also like I'm freaked out because they're like two days you miss, you get kicked out of the program. Right. So mm -hmm. you're like, everything just has to align. Right. And then from a financial spectrum, I'm like, this is how much money I have. This is like, I could get there on this day and I think I could survive up until then. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I got there, they were like, Oh, reason of, you know, for visit. And I'm like, Oh, I'm starting school. They're like, okay, great. Student visa. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't have that. What do you, like, what is that? They're like, oh, your school should have told you about it. They're like, nah, they didn't tell me anything, right? Oh, so no. now they're like, well, we can't let you in the country. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, like, obviously I'm freaking out, right? My mom, she's like, her, she's like, you know, she, she went to like college later in life and whatnot for like vocational type schools, but mm -hmm. she doesn't know like what advice to give me at that spot, right? And so I think my girlfriend, uh, Jean, my wife now, also was like, what's going on, right? 
like I think in her mind was like, oh, you like, did, I think she just assumed also that I should have this or that I should be aware of it. Right. Because yeah. their community was so. So then I, I got there and it was like, sorry, we can't let you in. And I said, no, look, you don't understand. Like I start school in a week. You have no idea like what it has, like what it has cost me to just even get here. So like this can't happen. Like, what do I do? And so I said, look, can you give me, I have friends that are here. Can you give me access for one day? Go talk to the school and figure this out, please. So the, the immigration officer was like, yes, you have 24 hours to report back to us or you will be banned from our country. And I'm like, yo, like, this is crazy, right? So they put a big X on my passport. Oh my gosh. So I reported, they flew me back to LA. I called my dad who was still in LA. I said, dad, I got to go to the embassy, whatever that is. I got to go. I go to the embassy. I get a, I get my visa in like, no joke, 10 minutes. Oh my so now gosh. I get back on another flight that I got to pay for, right? Oh Direct flight to London. And my mom and my wife stayed back. So now my wife and my, my mom are staying with these dudes who I only met one summer for like, two weeks so i'm like i gotta get back because i have these two individuals who i care about that are just in another country right yeah and so and my mom and 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 also only goes with a certain amount of money right she doesn't realize what london is about like so so um i go back and um and sure indeed like they they i get the visa they let me in but then man anytime i came home to visit and went back it was always secondary inspection all the time. But it's like those little things that we assume that people know about. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I tell the whole story is because it's all about that entire experience, right? It's not, it's not just a fact of like, be aware to get it. It's like, it is scary for a 24 year old kid from a neighborhood. Like I grew up in to be told by immigration, like you will be banned from a country. I was terrified for anyone. Yeah. for oh, something God. so innocent, right? Yeah. So you're just kind of like, yo, like you're you're walking on this like thin ice of like, like being terrified. Like, what else can I do wrong? You know? Yeah. But also, it it, it what it what I hope it when people go through these experiences, what happened to me, and I had to really outgrow this was, it's not your fault. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It, this is all part of the process. And this is why going back to this platform, Mm -hmm. this is why it's so important that even if one or two people hear this and are aware that that if this is your situation, Mm -hmm. I hope you take this advice and not take anything for granted. Yeah, you find whether it's that mentor or whatever it is that can tell you these are the things you need because it is costly. Education is costly, you know. Yeah. So that's you know. That's my journey. Yeah. I love it. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. It's it's so great to see you, reconnect Likewise. with you. Absolutely. And con- congratulations on this. Thank you. I hope all this information is, is helpful to you, to your oh podcast, or to anyone that's out there. Well, see, this is the other thing too, like with the podcast, it just, every person I've spoken to, I just get so like pumped up. Yeah. And just... it's, it's so funny because like right now, I, I think I told you I'm going to have another baby in like two months. So yeah, I was like putting everything on hold. Thank you. Until after baby was born. But one person came on and just like inspired me so much that I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this right until I pop out my baby. Yeah. And yeah. I booked a coaster and I've been I here mean, for 11 years. And I'm like, that's the first time I've, 
I've only had two co-star auditions this whole time. Wow. Like that's how wow. difficult it's been for me. Yeah. And to yeah. even get in the room. So I'm just like, oh, okay. So. But see, the takeaway from that is you went in there and you booked it. Yeah. So clearly you're capable of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no questioning anymore. Like, I'm like, why am I doing this? Exactly. That's what I tell people. If you booked it one time, yeah, something of, of the caliber of studio caliber, yeah, like you said, a co-star, it will happen again as long as you stick with it. Exactly. So and I, I I needed that because I was so doubting myself and I'm like, I'm doubting myself and I haven't even tried. Oh my you know God. what I mean? So, yeah, I was like, doubting myself yesterday. I mean, I have projects lined up. Yeah. And just yesterday, I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I even I think in the first time in a long time asking myself, like, am I still going to be doing like, you know what I mean? Am yeah. I still doing this? Like, and it's just because I had this like kind of epiphany, this mm -hmm. emotional intake of watching Anthony Ramos on In the Heights. And I've been watching his interviews. Right. Because mm -hmm. I relate so much with this story that you're watching that you're like it's happening and it's happening for him but you're but equally you're kind of like but where is my big you know what i mean it's so, gonna happen it's gonna yeah. happen you have to yeah. keep going right and so, so yeah yeah so that's what i'm saying and so it's good that you're having those moments that you had them it's good that i have it because we're human yeah and, and it's okay to have them you shake but them I off think, and yeah you carry on i think these are the these are the type of mediums that and these connections mm -hmm. that uplift us and keep us going. So, so yeah. So thank you for doing this because, you know, even to giving the opportunity, like you said, to, to artists that are, that are really living the struggle. And that's not to say that any artist that's up there didn't live the struggle. Right. Of course not. It's, it's just but to it's say just, that you're you giving know. a platform to someone yeah. like us. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. And well, I saw that you had Dom on here. Yes. Dom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love, love him and his work. Yeah. Oh my God. He's amazing. He was the one who got me my lawyer or like we went through the same lawyer when I first moved here in 2008. So yeah. at, I don't know if you listened to the episode, but we talk all about visas. Did you? All visas. It's, I mean, it, you know, it sounds, it sounds silly and crazy in an acting type podcast or artist that you talk about visas, but it's so important. It's so important. So oh my goodness. If you, yeah, you I should know. give it a listen to if you get time, but, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And just even like talking about Amanda at the very beginning, I need, yeah. I'm i going to go and buy a book right now because I didn't even yeah. know she had a book. And I just, I need to speak, like, I just feel like I need to speak to her. <laughs> like, you, you, you need yeah. to. And, and, I, and I have to say, as long as she has the time, I'm sure she will. She's, yeah. she's wonderful, man. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, she's I, the only reason, she's the whole reason I wanted to do that course. Yeah. And I'm I mean, just like, you know, part of me, I'm just like, I should have just waited until the next year. But I was like, so dying to go to Central that I was like, just, mm. just do this course. Yeah. So, and she's know. so humble, but yet like such an international icon in what she yeah. does. Like, yeah. so, like, just well, like known all over the world for her work. And yeah, and it's not surprising. I mean, she, she launched those two courses. So yeah, and they're successful, much. you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Honestly, so thank you so much, Lindsay. It's so great to reconnect. I can't wait to see you in person. Yes, I know. Um, best and and please send me that trailer I because will. I would love to see it. And I hope that we could work in the future together. Yes, that would be so great. And so um, fun. and then um, best of luck with your delivery. <laughs> thank you. Another baby, and then um, and also to uh, your 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 older child, who's a it's a boy or girl? Boy. 
His Boy. two, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, I have a three-year-old, so yeah, yeah. it's- We're gonna have to do a play date, it's an L it just has to happen. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> such a like escape and yeah. I just love it, so yeah. All righty, well, I'll let All you, right. get, uh, I'll get you uh, going. Thank you, thank, so thank you so much, much for coming on. Absolutely, we'll talk okay. soon, okay? Okay, bye, right. thank bye. you. Thank you again, Eddie, so much for coming onto the show. I got so pumped out and so inspired by just listening to you speak, which is why I'm doing these, because I'm saying it's for everybody else. It's really for me. I'm so selfish because I get inspired by all of you guys who come onto the show. You literally have no idea. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope everybody else gets inspired by these stories because this is the whole point, isn't it? Really? Again, you can follow Eddie on Instagram, Twitter at the Eddie Roos. Again, all those details are going to be in the description episode. In the episode description, should I say. Duh. All right. Until next time. Bye bye.